I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. In this podcast, I talk to the Everything MFC page owner, Dana. We speak about how and why the page came around, what motivates her whilst keeping this page running. We also talk about her favourite game and her All-Star Bora 11 and so much more. This is the Bora Breakdown. I'm Johnny Bullock. I hope you enjoy it. MFC page Dana Dana thank you very much for coming on the podcast and it's the first question I really want to ask is why did you create the the page in the first place and how did that come about um I think it was just to kind of help people uh get updated with Bora because I remember when I started Twitter uh Bora didn't have any social media account so it Mm -hmm. was uh no Twitter no Facebook and then when they did uh, eventually launch a Twitter account, uh, I think they, they did match updates, but it was quite inconsistent. So um, I just kind of decided to um, to run it to help people. And it was initially a fan page, um, yeah. but I was tweeting about Borough uh, as a club in general anyway, so I just decided <laughs> to make the change. And I think it was actually um, the end of 2014 when it came about, so it's kind of stuck ever since. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's great. Has has Middlesbrough like ever asked you to to run their page for them, or is it just been has it just been like generally a fan thing, or have you just wanted to continuously do it that way? They've never they've never said anything. They did follow me at one point for about five seconds. Oh, uh, they must have done it accidentally because they all followed me straight after. But no, they've they've never contacted me uh, or anything. It's just been something that, that I've done myself. Okay, no, that, that's. It's it's unbelievable, really, how, of how many posts like that you do and how up to date you are. So, like, what's the what processes do you like generally have when like you're finding like news about Middlesbrough? Do you just search Middlesbrough every morning, or do you just how how do you? Uh, I don't know. Usually, yeah, when I when I get up, because uh, quite a lot of the news comes like on a morning uh, mm-hmm. from like the Northern Echo, mm-hmm. sometimes the Gazette. Um, and then sometimes you've got like with transfers, the big publications like the Mirror, uh, yeah. the Daily Mail, they'll like post uh, the transfer news at around about half ten the previous night. So if I yeah. miss out on it then, I'll pick it back up in the morning. But 
yeah, usually what I do is I just search Middlesbrough on uh, on Twitter um, or on Google and, and try and see what I can find. It must be like really hard running the page, uh, especially like that you do it on, on your own as well. So how like how do you keep yourself motivated to to keep the page going? I know you've been running it for about four yeah. or five years now, so you've probably mm-hmm. got into the swing of things, but how do you keep yourself motivated through that? Um, I just I just love football, so I think that's the only motivation that I need really for it. But I mean it was hard like last season. Um, and this season as well under Gary Monk um, yeah. because I felt I felt like I was getting disengaged with, with everything because there was literally nothing there was like no project to buy into <laughs> we had no plan A the football was garbage so it's yeah. hard but I mean I, I do love football in general anyway so I think that's the motivation uh, that you know all the motivation I need to run the account yeah um, I, I know I touch, I'm going to touch on Gary Monk in a second but did you ever used to play as like a kid or have you just always been more of like a fan of the game? Um, I did when I was little, um, you know, in primary school and stuff. And I did actually try it out at college, but yeah, um, it, yeah it didn't quite go plan and I deeply <laughs> regret doing it. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, yeah, it's, in primary school I did, but ever since that it's mainly been watching it and you know, taking it in from the TV and, and you know, going to games and stuff. Yeah, no, no, that's understandable. I think I know you're touching on Gary Monk, and you felt like a bit disengaged about like the Monk bot, of course, like, <laughs> yeah. and just like the it was there was no clear direction, um, and I was I, I did feel the same that like, it was it just felt like we were going through the motions a little bit, um, yeah. but if like if say if that like, you got put in charge of like that team, like what have you done differently instead of like. Obviously, Gary Monk set up is like in, a, in a, a variety of formations, but what would have you done? Yeah. Um, I'd have gone for a four-three-three. I think the the, the pre-season game against uh, uh, Augsburg, Augsburg, however you pronounce it, uh, at the Riverside, I thought that had potential with the the front three uh, yeah. of Braithwaite and uh, Sombolonga and whoever else. I think the Damatrio could have done the job on the right. Um, I probably would have gone for that. But I think obviously when Martin Braithwaite got injured after the Wolves game, mm. his plan changed. And even when Braithwaite came back, he he just didn't go back to it. And I think I don't think he got the best out of the players that that we had because of the, the system that he played. I think that's one of the things that would have changed. Mm. I think he's. I think he was quite naive as well. Um, I know when Braithwaite got injured, he he was quite reluctant to put down the team originally. I yeah. think I think if he just put down in on the wing or he, he brought him into the team a bit sooner I think it would have been we wouldn't have missed Braithwaite as much as like was, we did mm. um, but yeah I agree yeah, and I, it's funny that, that Downing sorry it's funny that Downing's yeah. like you know become one of Boris' best players this season as well yeah well even look at Triara as well he wasn't even in the squad yeah, and then Shotton as well I think I know I remember uh, tweeting about Shotton against Brentford and he just got the run around. It was his debut, and he just got the run around. I tweeted straight away. I was like, "He was like, he's the worst centre back I've ever seen." And yeah, that was uh, that wasn't a great introduction, was it? Oh no, he, honestly, he had a stinker. But yeah, I that, that tweet I, when I tweeted it, it got. I looked at my phone about five minutes later, and I was getting loads of like retweets and favourites oh, off yeah. like off like Derby County fans just taking the piss out of us. I was like, oh no, like honest, Derby fans are the worst. 
worst. I feel like they're deluded a little bit. I feel like they just think they're such a big club, but I feel like they've just copied off us for everything. Like, yeah. if, if we're in like Pride Park Skin. and stuff like that. And I don't know, I just, I'm not a fan of Derby at all. Yeah, I'm not either. I do have friends of, of, of Derby fans, but I'm just like, nah, I can't. If they ever mention football, I'm just like, nah. No, they can't. Mm. Don't don't speak to me about it. <laughs> oh yeah, but so, it, it's funny because they uh, you know, they always have their, their little dip. Yeah. Uh, second half of the season, and they're having that now, so it's kind of opened a bit of a of a gateway for us to come back into the playoffs. Yeah. Where, where do you think we'll finish this season? Um, I'm thinking fifth. I think if Derby Derby are dropping off, they've. You know the wheels have fallen off a little bit later this year than usual, but um, I think I think fifth. But I wouldn't mind sixth. I mean, at the end of the day, either's in the playoffs, isn't it? So I think I think you know we could get fifth, but we do have a, a bit of a difficult run. Um, but I'd I'd be happy with either. No, yeah, I, I would be as well. I think the playoffs is like the most well, it is the only realistic yeah. place we can finish. Um, but it's kind of like just this whole season in general. I feel like we haven't got going at all. Um, no. And yeah, like, so like, how do you like feel like the season has actually gone like out of ten? Really, how and how do you think we could have improved from the start? Um, out of ten, probably about seven. I think because I mean, pre-season expectations always play a part. Um, and there was a, you know, a big expectation for us to, you know, gain automatic promotion and, you know, typical Borough strikes, doesn't it? We <laughs> haven't done that, and we've been completely below par. But I think in accordance to the, you know, the context of the season and how it went under Gary Monk, yeah. uh, where he left us when when he left, mm. I think we're doing quite well at the moment under Tony Pulis. I mean, I don't really think you can complain too much because we are in in the playoffs at the end of the day. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. I think it's a perspective as well. Um, I know, like, with you see Sunland are at the bottom and you see Hull that are down there as well. And, like, they, they both came down with us last season. So, like, yeah. it's kind of that perspective of, like, well, we're actually not doing that bad, like, yeah, com- not, compared to the other teams. But I it, I love seeing Sunland in that state. But also, but also, like, I feel sorry for them as well. So, like... Do you think it'll affect North East football with something going going down to League One? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think so because I mean, Sunderland. You know, I think they're a Premier League club as much as you know, people probably don't want to uh, give them credit or anything. You know, they are they are a Premier League club, and you know, for them to be in League One, it is quite a, a fall from grace, isn't it? Um, but I mean, North East football for the past like. You know, year or so hasn't been particularly great anyway, with obviously Hartlepool, Newcastle, ourselves yeah. being relegated, Sunderland being relegated. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it would, it definitely wouldn't uh, reflect well on, on North East football. But hopefully, we can kind of pick up the baton and get promoted this season and, um, oh, yeah. You know, do, do North East football a little bit of good this year. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree. I think. The the playoffs this season are just going to be so tough. Like it's just. Yeah. I think. Well, I think. I I, thought, I thought that Fulham would probably sneak in the the automatics with with Wolves, but 
I, I think as as Cardiff are like starting to pull away a little bit now, I just think Fulham and Villa, they're like two like solid games. No matter what, we're gonna be playing one of them. Like if we if we if we, even if we win the first first game or you know, even in the playoff final. Um but who do you think will get that like fifth or sixth spot? I know like we mentioned that we might get it, even though we've got a tough run in, but who do you think will probably join us in that? Um I don't know, I think as much as I'd like to see Derby not not hmm. be a part of it, um, I do think it's it'll probably alternate between us and them for fifth and, and sixth. Um I'd like to hope that we um, you know, can go on a you know, keep our run going and um, join, you know, Fulham and, and Villa at the, at the third and fourth, but no, I think it'll probably be us fifth and Derby sixth. Ah, uh, yeah, I think you know, I'd love if we played Villa in like the first, like in the in the semis. I think Villa's probably the easier game, and then I'd love it if we were at Villa Park, second leg, mm. we're level, and then a diamond trier just pops one in at the end. In, oh yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? it just, no, they've got a dome, haven't they? So yeah. it's a it's a dome versus a diamond, but, but yeah. yeah, I mean, as long as he doesn't get sent off again, I'm I'd be happy with that. <laughs> I know. I, I I can't believe how good he actually is at the minute. Try I know. It's. I don't know. He's probably the one of the only exciting parts of our team, if I'm honest. Probably the most exciting part of our team. Yeah, like he's just like an abnormal talent, isn't he? I feel like I've never seen a player like well in a in a Boris shirt like do what he can do. Part, like you can say like Janino and stuff like that and like obviously Janino's absolutely magic and we, we love him on T-Side but I can't remember like anyone else taking on about seven players in, in a row and then just just either like hitting it to row Z or actually now actually scoring I know I mean we've seen the best you know the, the best and worst of him haven't we and I think you know it's good that we're finally getting to see more of the best because he is a, a fantastic talent and he's got so much potential so yeah I'm, I'm glad that he's kind of living up to you know some sort of, of you know good level of potential at the moment and hopefully it can continue yeah no I agree I think it I think he's just became better and I can't believe I'm saying it. I think it's just because of Tony Pulis personally and I think yeah. I think it's just the experienced head hmm. that has gave him the confidence to like actually kick on um, I think un- under Karanka when he brought him in, obviously Karanka is still like very young in his manage- managerial career. So like, I think he didn't know what to do with him. Gary Monk again. I don't think Gary Monk knew what to do with any player anyway. So <laughs> yeah. True. And then when obviously Pulis came in, I think Pulis just went, "Look, this is how like I want you to play. This is what." But it, I think he's just narrowed it down to one thing and just said, "Double down on your strengths, and then we'll work on your weaknesses eventually." But. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. I think the the problem with Karanka and uh, you know Agnew as well. Um, oh God, Agnew! Yeah. And, and Gary Monk. I think they all focus too much on what Adama Traore needs to improve on. And obviously, you know Tony Pulis is doing that. He said in mm. interviews that there are things that he can improve. Mm. But he is, like you said, you know, going out there and telling him you know to do what he is good at. And I think that's getting the best out of him at the moment. Yeah, it is, and he's going to be so instrumental, like to the end of to the end of the season. But mm. I think the way he's playing at the minute, I think it's going to be so difficult 
to actually keep him at the club. Um, just because, yeah. I think just because of his potential alone, like there's going to be suitors for him, and I think if we did sell him, we're gonna to have to like sell him for quite a lot of money because we're not gonna get a player like that in a long time. I don't I don't feel anyway. No, he wanted to leave in the summer, didn't he? Um, to go to France, and I think West Ham were after him as well. Um, mm. So they'll probably be back in for him, but hopefully we can keep hold of him because, yeah, you, you know, he he can't be replaced. Nah, he, he can't be. I don't think he. I don't think he wants to leave now. I think it was just because of like this the state we were at last season. I know, yeah. like to be honest, I, I no disrespect to to Steve. I knew, but like he is. From what I know, a very, very, very good coach on the training field, but I think it is quite disheartening having him as a head coach, even when like you're getting beat in the way that we were playing whilst getting beat. I think any player would be kind of turned off by that. So yeah. I, I could understand why he wanted to leave. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't great last season, was it? And probably also, you know, Cranker brought Triari. To the club, didn't he? So with yeah. him leaving, probably doesn't help. Mm. No, I I agree. And um, so like moving moving on really, and I know that you run this page a lot, and it, it does take up a lot of your your life running this. Um, so do you get to many games yourself? Or like, do you, are you are you a season ticket holder, or do you just try and pick and choose? Or no, yeah, I've I've had a season uh, ticket since. Since we got relegated, um, not last season of course, but yeah. uh, you know back in two thousand and nine, mm-hmm. um, and I've I've been to a fair few away games. I haven't been able to go to one since we beat Man United in the cup. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I do get to to pretty much every away game uh, that I can. Yeah, is it? Is it quite difficult to? like tweet whilst the game's going on or have you just like got into a routine of like looking up and like not like do you know when like you, you, you're not looking at your phone but you're typing away have you like kind of mastered that to... you know what I don't actually tweet during the games I've like I never go on my phone during the game yeah Um, it's only at like half time when I check my fantasy team and how badly I'm doing that I actually <laughs> go on my phone <laughs> Um, but yeah like away games that I don't go to I like yeah. listening to commentaries and live feeds and um, you know stat pages and stuff to try and kind of put myself in a position where I feel as though I am at the game and I'm kind of yeah. you know, relaying things to people to try and help them you know get updates and stuff. So yeah, I don't actually tweet at games. Uh, no, I, that's understandable. I know like, when I've been like when I obviously follow the page as well, um, and I am contributing to it now. But it's um, yeah. when. <laughs> When I obviously the first thing I do now, and it's a big compliment to you, is if anything, well, about Middlesbrough like comes up, I always check your page first, rather than the actual, rather than the actual Borough page as well. So it's I think that's like a big compliment to you, and I think a lot of fans do that as well. Um, so initially, thank you for that. Um, but thank you for you know being a follower and contributing to the page as well. Because I mean the. The website that was launched, you know, I don't think I could have done it without the help of, of other people. And I think the page has been like a community page. Mm. So I see all these big accounts following like nobody, um, you know, following like the, the club and the players and that's it. But if I didn't follow like Borough fans on, yeah. on the account, 
I literally don't think that I could run it at all, to be honest. So, you know, I, I have to say thank you to the people that follow it. Yeah, no, I, it's act, the page itself is just blown up, like, over like, the last couple of years. and, and oh, it has, yeah. Is it, like... I don't know what's probably the best word to say. Is it like quite satisfying seeing like the so many followers and then the engagements that you get? Is it is it quite rewarding like knowing that or like seeing all of this? Um, yeah, I think like I really appreciate it because it has given me. I mean, I remember when I, I couldn't get past twenty nine followers, so to know that I've got like you know twenty thousand, that's incredible. But I think it, you know, I I am really appreciative uh, of people that follow the account because it's it's given me a platform um yeah. you know and i can build something from this so yeah i'm thankful to the people that, that follow it oh good and i know i noticed when you said you got your season ticket from like what the year we got relegated and like obviously to now you've had a really hard middlesbrough bringing if i'm really honest you've seen the demise of southgate like mm-hmm. strachan the less said about him the better you've obviously seen <laughs> Mowbray, Karanka, and, and obviously Agnew and Monk, and now Pulis. I didn't realise how many managers there were there. But well, I knew the designs what you just said. Um, who has been your favourite manager in within that period? I'm just, I know it can be quite obvious, but who would you say is your favourite manager out of that? Has to be Karanka, hasn't it? Um, out of all those. But I think, um, I think Karanka mainly because he brought the town together not just the club but literally everybody on Teesside bought into his project and mm. that playoff season is one of my favourite seasons um, so I have to say I have to say Karanka it's an easy one that one yeah I think it's funny enough like I have a really soft spot for Mowbray a little bit because what he did I think what he did with, with Strachan's mess and he, yeah. t- he tidied all of that up with no budget and mm. kind of give Karanka just like a, a free hit to to go with it really. Um so I think Mowbray deserves a bit more credit for what he did. But yeah, I can yeah. I can completely agree with you that the, the seasons under Karanka were absolutely amazing, like just going to Man City away and yeah. United and just the the runs that we did and how we played that in that time as well was just it was just surreal to watch a Mills routine actually play like that wasn't it really yeah I know yeah and I think you know touching on Mowbray um, you know I said about the playoff season you know players from from that team you know Dimmy uh, Ledbitter Friend Adorma as well I think they were all brought in by by Mowbray Mm -hmm. and I think um, Ayala as well although was it I think it was Mark Venus wasn't it I think it was was Mowbray signing but Venus confirmed it yeah like sanctioned it yeah yeah and so you've got like a spine of the team there that's that's brought in from mm-hmm. you know, Tony Mowbray yeah he also gave Gibson his debut as well and, and yeah. implemented him and I don't know Tomlin was a, a current assignment but generically the whole spine of the team was Mowbray's so I think it's like a huge credit to him for doing that but yeah, but I think you know you, you've said you've had this whole you've had these like Oh, eight and nine years of just what was it ten years now I think when we got relegated but you've seen a lot of games in that time so like what's been like your favourite game like as as a board actually as a board fan in general what's been your favourite game to watch um I don't know I think the 
there's been a few, uh, but the one that always sticks out to me is uh, Liverpool in the cup. Um, I went to that game at Anfield, and it was yeah. you know the first time that I'd, I'd gone to such an iconic stadium. Yeah. Um, and we we actually sat next to somebody we sat we sit next to uh, at the Riverside, so it was it was quite tight knit. You know, the atmosphere was yeah. really good, and you know the game itself was insane. You know, it was it was eventful. We had you know goals that that really long winded uh, penalty shootout that just never seemed to end. <laughs> and I remember at the at the end of the match, um, I could see to my right, like the the Liverpool uh, supporters were were applauding the team off and the fans. So that sticks out. Um, Man City in the cup as well mm. at the Etihad. Um, Man United away. Brentford at the Riverside for the playoffs. Yeah. And obviously Brighton. So the, I mean I can't. I'm always so indecisive. I can't um, you know put my finger on one game. Uh, you know a number one game, but. They're definitely, you know, a section of the best. I think. You know, yeah. I think when you mentioned all of them, I was like, when I was on field as well, and I, I was watching the game, and then two of my friends left at like the hundred and nineteenth minute, and they just said, "All right," because Liverpool had the ball in like in our box, and it was like, "Ah, like sack it, we'll we'll just go." So then my two friends left, and then obviously we went and scored, and it went to penalties, and it was just surreal. Yeah. So, but I think. I've had like a few more years just ahead of you, so I think I've been to Cardiff when I was like really small, so it's like nine year old, watched us lift a trophy. I've obviously mm. seen the European journey and I've had like I've had the experience of that, but I've also seen the whole demise of it. And yeah. oh, I think it, it, I think with when you support Middlesbrough, it actually keeps you grounded just with like life because you just like mm. they always bring you up to knock you down, and I think it's just. <laughs> I don't think I could support another club. I really couldn't. No, yeah, neither. I think it's just, it's just, it's absolutely surreal. I think I'm so used to being like being let down and just like I, I couldn't go and support a Man City now. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, when we got relegated, um, I had quite a few friends that supported Borough, and then all of a sudden they're like Man City fans or Liverpool fans, and I'm thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. you know, and and I never like there was never. A part of me that thought, you know what, I'm going to stop supporting Borough because I, I don't understand why why I would do that because I've I've had like one season, one full season being a season card holder. Yeah. You know, there's so much more, you know, potential in the team. So mm. yeah, you just got to stick by them, haven't you? And I think another another game that I forgot, and it was it was actually my second game, um, when we beat Man City a one. You know that yeah. was the, that was iconic. Oh yeah, I always forget about that win. And but I love it when whenever Manchester City and Mills were played, that there's always like a a gif that comes up or something like that where it says before our money and with our money and we're still like we're beating them with like what we have. So it's like it's great seeing that though. Yeah, it is. It's good. I mean, I, yeah, that was my second game, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why um, I kind of continued to watch Borough because. I wanted that kind of game, that kind of um, excitement, and you know, scoring loads of goals. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a, that was a great game, and I can't believe I forgot that one. No, I mean, I do have it written down. There's two games against Man City, isn't there? One in the cup, one in the league. Yeah, it, it's like such an underrated game, isn't it? Like, just, I I feel like we've 
we we say about our history of like beating Stour and beating Basel European finals, winning cups, but then like you think about it, beating Manchester City eight one in your own back in your like in your own backyard. That was when they were getting money in as well. I think Sven was the manager, and then yeah, they were just had that like time money, so they're starting to come into like all of this like this you know this big money. And obviously, not as rich as they are now, but they were getting rich, and then it was lovely just to 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 beat them like that in the way we the way we did. And not to mention, even Afonso Alves and Jeremy Aliadier were scoring in that game. So, like, it just, it just makes oh, it even better. Patrick, which is crazy. <laughs> oh, Afonso Alves. I just don't want to get started on him. But what I know I don't want to get started on Afonso Alves. I kind of want to ask you this question, and it's something I'm going to ask pretty much everyone who comes on <laughs> the podcast. And what would What's your all-star Middlesbrough 11? It could be from when you've been watching it, or it could be just from, like, all time. It's entirely up to you. Um, what is your All-Star eleven? Um, I'll probably go for, from what I've seen, and I am going to get pelters for this, because it is, you know, I see teams <laughs> with, like, Janino, Ravinelli, Emerson, you know, players like that in. Um, but mine is, mine is quite different. Okay. But I have to go, uh, this is a 4-2-3-1, by the way. Okay. Um, Valdez in goal. Um, I thought he was quality last season. Yeah. Um, it's just a shame that he had that back injury, in inverted commas, uh, towards the end. <laughs> um, <laughs> right back, I'd have to go Luke Young. I only actually saw one game of okay. Luke Young, um, okay. and it was against Portsmouth. But I think that is such a problem position. I mean, we had Team Whitehead there at one point, didn't we? So, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to go with Luke Young. Um, Woodgate and Chambers in uh, at the heart of the, uh, of the defence. Um, Woodgate. I mean, I saw Woodgate when he came back to the club um, under what was it, Tony? It was under Tony Mowbray, wasn't it? I think. Um, Southgate, I think. Was Southgate? Oh, no, when we were in the, the championship. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they, I think it was Mowbray. Mowbray. Yeah, Mowbray. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, before that, you know, like you said, under uh, under Southgate, it was a little bit before I started watching Borough, but um, I think everybody knows Woodgate is, you know, a quality centre-half, and mm-hmm. had it not been for his injuries, he would have been a, a regular for England. And Chambers, I think he has the potential to be a regular for England. Yeah. Um, I'd love Chambers back me, but yeah, he was great last season. I actually think he was better than Gibson. Yeah. Um, so I'll go for, for them two. And then left back, it's either Pogatets or Friend. Um, okay. I can't decide between them two, so I'm just going to... I'll go for Friend because I think value-wise, didn't he cost like £100,000? Yeah, a bit less. You know, he's, yeah, he's gone out to make you know 200-odd appearances or mm. whatever. Um, Bamford on the right, <laughs> I mean... Okay. You know, You'd rather put Bamford on through the middle, but this is just to fit fit players in the team. Um, yeah, Bamford during that playoff season was was incredible. Um, well, like, and yeah. I think if a player performs how he does in that season, yeah, they don't just lose that. So you know, I'm glad Bamford's you know stepping up to the plate now. Uh, midfield, George Botang, and this was a bit of a of a difficult one. Um, I've gone Ledbetter, okay. and it's yeah. I've seen some awful players. Um, I just have to reiterate that. Um, but Grant, I think, has been an absolute uh, 
you know, he's been great for us since he came here. And I think he was a free transfer as well, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was free transfer. Yeah, free transfer from Ipswich. So, yeah, he's been brilliant. George Boateng, I think, you know, he, I don't really need to say much. No, you don't. Um, no, no. He's um, amazing. I didn't see that much of, of Boateng. I think um, it was the the Man City game and the, my first game against Portsmouth, I think he, he played in that one. So I only got to see two games of him. Mm. Um but yeah, legend. Um, left mid, down in, yeah. probably my all-time favourite Borough player. And then Ramirez behind Negredo. And I hate okay. to put Ramirez in there because I absolutely hate him after after he snaked us um, okay. in the summer. But yeah, and I think Negredo as well, he was he was underrated um, and underappreciated, I think. You know, a lot of people kind of said that he was lazy. But we just didn't get the service to him. Yeah. But he did manage to. I think he got like eleven, ten. Or he got into double figures in in all competitions last season. So I have to go for for him. So yeah, that's it. No, you know I've, I've jotted it down as well because I was I was I wanted to compare it to like what I've done as well. But oh god, <laughs> I'll keep, I'm gonna keep mine. I'll keep, I'll keep mine quiet for another day. Um, actually, I can tell you what I was I was gonna put. But I've I've seen like a little bit of. I've had a couple of years of experience on it, so I did go with. I, w- I was torn between Swartzer and Valdez because if you put Victor Valdez in his prime, even like even though he wasn't in his prime, Victor Valdez is still like an unbelievable goalkeeper. So I was like kind of torn up between those two. So but I went with Swartzer just because of like Borough legend like theme. Mm, yeah, I was stuck between those yeah. those two as well. I thought I see more of Valdez, so. I went for him instead. Yeah, and then, like, I was, like, I think everything that I put, I was quite torn with. So, like, when I know you when you mentioned Luke Young, I, laughed, I like, I smirked to myself and went, it's funny, because I, I put Luke Young and I put Danny Mills, just for, like, on the, on the right back for some strange reason. Mm-hmm. I thought, I'll just put them down. And even, I, I really liked, um, what's his name? Just went, Chris, I really liked Christy at the start of the season. Yeah, and I just thought. I thought he'd he'd work really well if we played three at the back. We'd 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 do it. Um, I think he'd be vital for that. So oh then, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I think I'll tell you my my whole like team, and I think with every person I bring on this, I'll probably change. So I'll go with Swartzer, and it's like a three. I went for a three four three formation, which is well three four two one because I absolutely love the three at the back. So three Swartzer in goal. Went with Woodgate, went with Southgate, went with Gibson. Mm-hmm. Then on the wings, I went down on the left. I went Triori on the right because he's just unique in how he works. Went, yeah. I, but I was like torn between um, Triori and Mendieta. But I've, anyway, I'm going with Triori and then I also went with Boang in the middle. Uh, you kind of have to because he's just yeah. he's just so good and then in that centre midfield role I was like I'm still a little bit torn by it because mm. I just I've seen quite a bit but I'm gonna probably go with I'm gonna go with Ledbetter I'm gonna join you with Ledbetter yeah um, just because of the value of what he's brought in, I think now as Ledbet is getting older, I think he's starting. I think he's starting to, you know, come towards the end. Yeah. 
Um, but I'm glad that I'm glad that Bezic has been brought in because it's kind of helped him cover. Yeah, he's been uh, a brilliant message. Then I'm gonna go with Janino because I've been fortunate to watch him, and then <laughs> I'll probably go. Ah, now I'm gonna be a bit torn. Ah, I think. Well, I don't know if you can put, actually no. I'm gonna switch down in, put down in behind the striker. I'm gonna put Bolo Zenden on the left. So then I'll have down in and. Um, down in Janino behind the striker and then up top I'm gonna have to there hasn't been like many strikers who I think well there's there's Mark Viduka there's Hasselbank actually you know what I'm gonna go with Hasselbank just uh-huh. for what for what <laughs> I was gonna say then actually um, I've seen like Curtis Main Lukas Jukovic oh man yeah <laughs> So the likes of you know Mark Viduka, Hasselbank, I think they're good players anyway. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're much much better than what I what I've unfortunately had to watch. Oh, I, I, do you know what I feel like? It's it's so disheartening when like you feel like we've had these players and then we went from that to Curtis May and Lucas Jugovic, <laughs> Marvin Emnes as well. I was like, oh no, Danny Danny Graham as well. Danny Graham, yeah. There's there's been some I remember watching Danny Graham's first game, and he came on as a sub. I think it was, it was one of his first two games. I think against Charlton. I think we were playing. Yeah. Ball comes across. He runs up, like he runs in. He heads it in, but the keeper knocks him out as he scored. Oh yeah. And he got to get like I think got stretched off. I think after he scored, but that was the first memory of Danny Graham. And I just don't think he's like got any better than that. Really, he did have a good spell, but. At Watford, but apart from that, he's crap. <laughs> but, I remember when we were linked with him um, on deadline day, and I was sat in maths in secondary school, and somebody like told me about it, and I was genuinely excited. Like that—that's how bad it got. Supporting for, <laughs> I was genuinely excited about that. Oh, honestly, like it's just—you know what? I think it was just because he was like going through that phase where he was actually scoring goals, and then people were just like. Oh yeah, fair enough. Like we'll actually have him in, but um, fair. Like I can understand. I can understand your like confidence and like excitement with it. But as as I'm gonna like round this up, um, Dana. Like, is there anything that like you want to say to like anyone who's like followed the page for a while, or uh, do you want to give any like notes on like anyone who can follow you, or is there anything that you want to to leave the podcast on? Um. Just thanks for following. And I have to say that, like, um, if anybody wants to, to help on the page at all, if anyone's interested in, you know, kind of helping me out, then feel free to drop a message. You can email everything everythingmfchotmail.co.uk, I think, or just drop a, a direct message on Twitter and, you know, sort it out. But, yeah, thanks for following the page. That's all I have to say. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you very much, Dana, for, for coming on the podcast and... No uh, I really, enjoyed it. No, so have I. I've re- I've really enjoyed just speaking to you. I know we've had we had a good chat before the the podcast as well. So it was like good to get to know you a bit more. I know we've we spoke for a lot quite about a year, but we just we never really had like a, a proper conversation. So it was like good to to have this conversation and this podcast with you. So yeah. thank you as well for everyone for listening. To the Borough breakdown. We will be back again this week for the Wolves game. 
um, on Friday. Dana, what's your score prediction before I leave? Before we leave? Um, God, I'm gonna go for an optimistic two-one. Okay. I think I'll take that as well. I'll, I'll actually, I'll, you know, I was thinking the same scoreline. I'll go two one Middlesbrough as well, but I'll probably change on Tuesday night when I record record the the next one. But this is the Borough breakdown. Thank you very much for listening. Up the Borough. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 